Welcome to Checks and Balances, I'm Michael Vincent, this is James Blair, and this week, Musk takes on Twitter, Netflix doesn't want you sharing passwords, and Disney, what are they up to? So Mike, over the past couple of weeks, there's been some interesting updates from very well-known companies. Elon Musk has been dabbling, playing, mucking around with the board of Twitter for a couple of weeks. You've got Netflix having some really interesting stuff as a as a growth stock, what's going on there, and Disney as well. I know, apologies to uh, all my old flatmates in London who now won't be able to use my Netflix password, but you know, it's been a couple years, maybe it's about time we broke up. Yeah, also Netflix wants a password. It was easy enough for me to crack. Yeah. <laughs> so we thought we'd do a little bit of a market update. Firstly, Twitter, what is going on with Twitter? So rewind a couple of weeks ago, Elon Musk, did declare a little bit late that he did buy the stock, but we won't touch on that. Or maybe you will, because I know you've got some strong thoughts here, Mike. So Elon Musk bought 9.2% of Twitter originally for something like $2.9 billion um, about a month or so ago. And he's like passionate about Twitter. He views it as the uh, modern day town square where views are shared. Uh, then he goes, hey, this board at Twitter I do not believe that they um, have the right interests or are going to be able to execute the plan according to Mr. Musk. So he was like, you know what, I'll buy the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know, Mike, if you have a casual $40 billion in the back pocket, um, yeah, I mean, based on how many breakfasts you buy for me, you might. Not anymore, mate. Those <laughs> interest costs are digging into my, 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 uh, my wallet. Hey, we, we said we'd ban the word interest around mm. here. But, um, so he said, hey, I'll just buy the company. And Twitter's gone, hold up, we're not doing that. Um, and it got to the point where they didn't think that was in the best interest of the company and decided to play a poison pill, Michael. Mm, a poison. What is a poison pill, James? Great, I'm glad you asked the question. So a poison pill, for those that don't know, is <laughs> it's a lose-lose. Nobody wins, wins with a poison pill, as per the name. So essentially, Elon Musk has, has said, hey, um, I, will, I want to buy the whole company. If you don't buy the company, I will just go out to major shareholders and continue to buy the stock until I'm the majority shareholder and can make mm. my own decisions. Uh, poison pill is essentially Twitter and the board continuing to issue more shares. So while Elon keeps buying shares, there are more shares being issued, so his percentage of ownership in the company uh, doesn't grow. It sucks for all shareholders because when there's more supply, um, in a stock, it means the value of the stock drops. So Elon Musk is spending more money, he's not getting more ownership. And also, um, all of the shareholders are looking around going, this sucks for us. Yeah, it's a real, it's, it's a really scorched earth sort of thing to do. No, no one really wins out of this strategy. Um, but you know, clearly they believe that they are doing the right thing for their shareholders. Mm. Um, and maybe just to save their own butts, um, who knows? But yeah, it's, it's a hell of a strategy. Yeah, so anyway, as of um, Tuesday the 28th of April, um, we are now in a position where Elon has purchased uh, Twitter. He has taken it privately for $54.20 a share, a total of $44 billion with a B, and that's a 38% premium on the, on the stock at the moment. So, for example, if the stock was a dollar, he's paying it at a dollar thirty-eight, which very generous of him, right, Mike? It is. It is. It's just doing the the quick. That's about ten um, x on their uh, advertising revenue from twenty twenty-one. Um, 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to check you for like an Elon Musk and a love heart tattoo mm. soon. Um, my, I, I slightly different opinion on why he's doing it. I think that, uh, you know, doing it under the guise of free speech or the boards out to lunch, which arguably Jack Dorsey has been for the last couple of years until he was ousted. Um, it might is, still be at lunch then. Yeah. Well, it's been on safari for a while. Um, has sort of just, uh, you know, I, I, that is my issue here is what, why doesn't he just come out and say exactly what is happening? And, and to be honest, he probably just sees an opportunity with Twitter. Um, there have been other people sort of circling Twitter in the market as well, looking to buy it. Um, to essentially increase his capital, revenue, shareholdings, portfolio, whatever. If you look at the way that Twitter performs against its um, counterparts, so if you look at um, you know, who we put in that market, uh, Google, uh, Meta, who is Facebook, uh, Amazon, that sort of thing, they, they do not perform as well um, on a revenue basis. I think their 2021 um, uh, ad revenue was 4.5 billion, we got here, uh, Meta was 114.9, Google was 209.5 billion. Um, so really not performing well in terms of ad revenue. So what, you know, what would you do to make changes to improve that? There's a million different things you could do to monetize, monetize Twitter. Um, uh, Elon Musk himself is actually a really good use case for this. If you think about how much he spends on advertising PR and revenue, for his other companies, compared to say, you know, for Tesla, compared to say GM, significantly less. I would say, you know, um, one one hundredth of what GM spends, because the majority of his advertising is actually through Twitter. It's through his tweets. That is how he has built this brand and this cult of personality around what he is doing. So, you know, you, he could say, let's uh, scale up on uh, by a follower basis a subscription model. So, let's say that he has 80 million followers. Um, he would pay 10 million a month back to Twitter for essentially for his advertising costs. So, there's a thousand different ways you can cut it like that. Um, but effectively, it's an underperforming company that he's going to take over and try and improve and, and make money off. Let's call it what it is. It's nothing really to do with free speech. Well, I mean, I don't know what you've got against the guy, Mike. Clearly, I mean, the I have a lot of things against him. He goes outside of regulation almost constantly on almost everything he does. Plays by a different set of rules. Gets handed a a parking ticket. Um, and I think what people don't realise is that just because he is winning, not everyone else is as well. There are a lot of losers uh, and a lot of sort of negative externalities that he creates. Yeah, I mean, we can speculate as much as we like on what we think might happen, what we think his motives might be, what you've analysed there, which are some great numbers in terms of Twitter's potential. I'm sure he has thought about that in terms of um, the, the opportunity uh, ahead um, as the world's richest man with, what, $230 billion of value. Um, you've, you've got to wonder uh, where his motives lie and, and maybe we have differing views on that but nonetheless I think one thing we can agree on is a very interesting case over the past couple of weeks mm. where he's bought a company challenged the board all of these different players coming out and taking a company of that scale um, private very yeah. interesting outcome phenomenal I'm gonna ask you one quick question on this before we bounce would you buy Twitter stock? why can't you? oh of course yeah <laughs> Um, so that is that is actually probably quite a good question, yeah. Mike. Um, so if you do have Twitter stock, expect to check in the mail at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on because um, Twitter's not the only thing we wanted to talk about. Mm. And a really interesting other couple of big stocks that have a few things going on. Netflix, Mike. So Netflix um, has been around since the blockbuster days yep. and has grown and has, has hundreds of millions of um, subscribers. 
for the first time ever, they have lost subscribers. So they've lost 200,000 subscribers this quarter, which really shook the market, and they're forecasting another 2 million, that they're gonna lose another 2 million subscribers over the next quarter. Now this has resulted in uh, the stock price dropping 68% over the past six months, and 44% over um, since, what was it, the middle of April, which is not long ago at all, when the um, earnings came out. There's some big numbers, Mike. Yeah, well, I guess that's what happens when you're one of the most expensive products in a really competitive market, and your inventory is kind of trash. Um, you know, <laughs> I think what you're, what you're starting to see in that market specifically in terms of the um, individual streaming services and you know, direct-to-consumer plays from, uh, from different companies is that it has now started to become a very competitive mm. market. You had um, CNN Plus launch, they spent $350 million on that project lasted less than a month, mm -hmm. you know, and that was, they, they're saying it's due to discovery, um, wanting to sort of bundle everything back up together. So it's almost like that market has gone through this diversification and then it's all sort of coming back together. Because if you think now, am I gonna pay effectively more money for, you know, 10 individual streaming services when I only want one little thing out of each of them, mm. it, it, the model just doesn't really make sense. At some, at some point it's gotta come back together, otherwise, you know, we're just going to see more cases of Netflix and CNN Plus. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly a market that has matured a lot. Uh, you're seeing a lot of competition and also really interesting to see their response. So they've looked at when, I mean, that view on their content and the quality of their content, you're mm. not the only one to share that view. So a few of their reactions, one is to pull back on the cost of their content, which goes, mm, interesting play. Mm. The second is the crackdown on shared passwords, which, you know, I don't think I know anybody who owns their own Netflix account, but I think they've got 100 million households using a shared password. And the other one is they're looking at a cheaper version uh, subscription cost, but ad revenue um, to be applied, which makes people get the heebie-jeebies of it. Yeah, and I guess all of that really is just going back to what they sought not to be at the start, mm. right? It was, you know, everything's in one place, we've got the best content, it's high value, we've been spending billions on production, there's no ads. Uh, not anymore. Yeah. Um, last one we wanted to quickly touch on was Disney. So Disney's stock price has fallen about 30% over the past six months, even though their revenue, interestingly enough, is up about 35% mm. in 2021. I believe that's what they call karma for ruining Star Wars, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. I mean, at least we've got Marvel, right? Both big fans of Marvel? Yeah. Mike is the kind of guy that would like to prefer to read French poetry by a candle than watch a Marvel movie in case um, <laughs> Now, there's, there's a few different reasons why the stock has dropped. The first is Disney Plus is still not profitable. In addition to that, um, investors seeing what has happened to Netflix has made people go, mm, I wonder if Disney mm. Plus will ever get to the point of profitability. So that uh, question mark on subscribers has made uh, investors worry. The second is you've got to remember that Disney is a very big beast owning a lot of different things. Yeah. Some of those are those traditional channels like ABC, for example. So those um, uh, subscribers on those original channels are dropping. And at the moment, Disney subscribers are not offsetting that, that loss. Mm. So that's a big impact. The other one, Mike, which is quite interesting, which I did not know until um, the other day, was Disney in Florida has acted as its own entity in terms of the land that it owns. Mm. So they decide on their own consents, their um, tax piece, i.e. not paying tax, 
there, that has all been overruled, which is going to result in millions of dollars of tax, um, bureaucracy, all of those mm. different pieces, which um, is going to have a big impact. Now, Disney's financials are still looking really strong. There's lots of different things to like. Mike, you'll be happy to know a few new Marvel movies have come out. You and I can catch Doctor Strange next month. They're coming Exciting. to cinemas near you. So I'm not um, as worried about maybe Disney as uh, Netflix, for example. But interesting to see some of those really big, well-known stocks mm. struggling at the moment. Okay, so a couple of quick questions for you then. Who are the winners and losers out of this? Uh, if you had to go one of the two and buy the stock, would it be Netflix or would it be Disney? Who do you think would be able to rebound better or has the best sort of upside in the short term? I would say Disney. Mm. And the reason is they've just got so many bows to their arrow. Yeah. And they've got, Netflix has always been like the golden child, has always been a growth stock and it's the first turbulence it's ever been experiencing. I was reading an interesting article just before talking about um, the employee engagement at Netflix now a little bit. This is the first time we've had to feel like this, which yeah. is quite interesting. Yeah, well, as a business matures, right? And then I guess, and uh, what I would sort of consider to be the real winner out of this is Pirate Bay. Shout out to the illegal streaming services. We're making a comeback. I'm not paying no more. Arr. The views of Michael Vincent do not reflect the views of Lighthouse Financial <laughs> Services. Okay, we're going to wrap it up all there. Just as a quick reminder, this is a perfect example. Sometimes I hear the saying, hey, just buy companies directly that you know that you use. It'll work out long term. Buy them. Forget it. Clearly in these examples it hasn't worked out too well. So making sure opposed to some sort of buzz strategy that you've got some real thought in terms of where you're investing, why you're investing, and that you can continually reviewing your investments going forward. We'll wrap it up there. Please make sure to subscribe, review, and we'll catch you next week. Cheers.